This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. And the Bills, for the sixth consecutive week, will trade a win with a loss. And they fall to 5-4 and four on the season. The Bengals are a bugaboo team for this Bills squad. They don't have answers for this team. It's too inconsistent overall. Not enough complimentary football. It's the old cliche in order to win. you got to stop yourself from losing, and we didn't do that tonight. I know Bills fans today kind of need a hug. Mike Danger. I can make the argument, Gino, that Lou Anarumo is a better defensive coordinator than Sean McDermott. Gene Battaglia. I feel like I, I have to defend McDermott here. Yes, if you're just kind of saying by the record they're the same, whatever. Also, I would kind of point out, kind of helps that you have a Joe Burrow on the other side. Joe Burrow. Do you think Joe Burrow just dreams of like touchdown victories? I don't think that dude dreams about football whatsoever. Like he's that cool. Dude. We're all here licking our wounds on a blame assessment Monday. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. Hey, good afternoon. Pull up a stool and join us and welcome on in. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia is on the air on the Sports Leader 95.7 FM. AM 950. The Fan Rochester and the free to download Odyssey app for smart device when you ask it to play 95.7 The Fan. We've even got our video stream up and rolling for you now at the fan Rochester on YouTube and on Twitch. I am Mike Danger. A good day to you, Gene Battaglia. Mike Danger, this is a first in the sports bar. What time does that say up there? Oh, look at that. They changed the clock. They changed it. Every time, twice a year, I have to come in and whoever's working the weekends or whoever's before me or whatever, it doesn't matter. Let somebody else do it. I'm like, okay, I'll be the one that changes the clock. Do you have a clock right now in your house that is still wrong? No. Did you go through and change every clock? I have to. How many? Uh, well, two, two in the ki- three in the kitchen. The digital ones in the kitchen don't reset. And then we have one big decorative one so four. Oh, and the alarm clock so five you're the best what you I, think that's like uh, no i've got i've got one i've got one that's a, a decorative one hanging in our kitchen the battery has died on that I, like i haven't changed that thing like it's been wrong the time it doesn't even work anymore it's just there solely for decoration it serves no purpose and it's within five feet of the two digital displays that you mm-hmm. have on the microwave and on the stove so, or as my wife likes to call it, the box with the fire in it, the, the, the clocks, I changed those two clocks. Sandy woke up Sunday morning and completely forgot. 
completely forgot that we set the clocks back an hour. She woke up in a panic, waking up the girls, because the girls, my daughters, every Sunday, they go to church with their Nona. This is their Sunday tradition. And she woke up at uh, 8 o'clock, 8.15, thinking that it was, thinking they were late. It was or 7, 7 o'clock, 7.15, thinking that they were late, because it was 8 o'clock on her, mm-hmm. on her alarm clock, which she didn't change before she went to bed. And even the girls were like... Look at your phone. It's cha- everything changes. Every the phone is the voodoo that changes everything, and you don't have to worry about anything. You wake up, and I feel like aligned. Without you know, just the only thing that gets me is still my car. When I'll get in my car, I'll be like, oh, that's the you know, I panic for a second. I'm like, oh, I got to set that one back yeah. too. That's about it. Two, two in the kitchen. The broken clock that is right twice a day that I never touch. Because the battery is dead, and I just mm-hmm. won't change the battery. The car and uh, Sandy's alarm clock, but she did that one herself. So yeah, I have an old fashioned alarm clock. Okay, and the alarm clock I have it on the AM dial. And this is how old it is. Where like you know you're mm-hmm. tuning it to nine fifty. Well, if you go a little too far to the right, <laughs> you hear a lot of evangelical stuff. Oh, so sure. That makes me get up in the morning and be like, okay, bam. Turn that thing off. I, Sandy uses her alarm clock is my old digital clock from when I was in high school. Like it's this old Sony digital clock and it still works. But man, when that thing goes off and I hear it every morning when she gets up to do the morning show, 3 a.m., 3 30, every morning. That thing, it's, it, you know, immediately like, like I'm uh, in middle school again. It's ridiculous. It just shoot up every every time I hear yeah, it. Yeah, and then you turn over and be like, huh, oh, yeah. have a nice day. And it's over. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully that extra hour did everybody a little bit of good. We certainly needed it because I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I don't know how you're feeling today. Why? I don't feel like I have an extra hour. What are you talking about? Yeah. No. Um, we've got a great show and, and a lot to get to here on a blame assessment Monday. Here's what's on tap in the sports bar and on tap at Three Heads Brewing. Cranberry Grape Sour Ale. Tart cranberries and New York State grapes coming together to make a delicious treat. Get yours at Three Heads Brewing on Atlantic Avenue today. We will talk to Alex Brasky, Batavia Daily News, also Bill's Digest, as uh, he's got a new issue out uh, talking about midseason reviews. <laughs> yeah, here we are. Uh, not exactly where we expected to be at the midway point, but again, it's only the midway point. We'll talk to Alex Brasky about uh, what has to happen if the Bills are going to dig themselves out of this. And that is an accurate phrasing that they're not uh, in playoff position right now. He's coming up in the 4 o'clock hour today. 13 Web Sports and BuffaloPlus.com's Mike Catalano will join us here in about 20 minutes or so. As he's back from Cincinnati, they did get in okay, so the flight back was fine. So we'll talk to Mike about what he saw out there last night. Yeah, and uh, was this more on coaching? Was it on Allen? Is it just a defense that all of a sudden we just have to recognize this ain't all it? There are there are obvious problems here. We'll talk to 13 Wham's Mike Catalana and get his thoughts on Cincinnati last night. He's joining us here shortly. And, you know, Mondays after a Bills loss usually means that it gets a little bit busier here in the sports bar. You're welcome to pull up a stool on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. That's 866-4-FAN-585-866-4326. Award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub, the new location at 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester, goodsmokebbq.com. I would say this, because you can call us about McDermott or Dorsey or this talent on the defense, Von Miller, Micah Hyde might be, you know, not available. We're going to find out about Hyde and 
Benford and also the middle linebacker. Um, I go back to Josh Allen and, and just hear me on in this danger because Josh Allen was not perfect last night. Certainly. Uh, certainly. I don't think people would say, what are you, what are you saying? Like he's, he's not the main reason the Buffalo Bills lost the game. No, but I think he is the solution. And listen to me on this. When Sean McDermott at halftime was talking to Melissa Stark, my head was about ready to freaking explode. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Vincent actually tweeted at me during the game at AKA Mike Danger. Complimentary football, LOL. He knew. He knew exactly what what you were going to say today. Yeah. Yeah, because complimentary football, when do you talk about that? You talk about that when you know you have the inferior offense. When you know you're going up against an offense that is really good, but how do we slow it down? Well, it's not just the defense. It's the offense. It's the special teams. It's coach speak. But if you have a quarterback in Josh Allen and a wide receiver and stuff digs and parts around them that admittedly haven't been working all that great, okay? But if you have a quarterback in Josh Allen, and let's start there, and a wide receiver in Stephon Diggs, you do not have an inferior offense talent-wise. You just don't. So take that complimentary football talk and shove it where I'm sorry. I am not buying in. And if you're Josh Allen, the great athletes do this. Either they do it through the media or they do it behind closed doors. They do it some way in their own way. If you're Kobe Bryant, if you're Peyton Manning, if you're Tom Brady, if you are an athlete that likes to win games, then you say, we have to do it this way. We're doing it my way. And the Josh Allen way is up-tempo, spread offense. Let me find the receiver. If it's not there, let me take off. Because the complimentary football, slowing it down and everything else, this offense is in a malaise right now. And because there are problems on the defense, we all can acknowledge, you're going to need your offense to win games single-handedly. We haven't seen that since what? The Miami game? So to me... This season, the solution is Josh Allen. I don't think Josh Allen is broken. He's playing hurt. I, I, I certainly can acknowledge that. But to me, I want to see some leadership out of Josh Allen and not just this golden retriever attitude of I'll just do whatever. You take the reins on this. Josh Allen is the most important, powerful person in this organization. It's not Sean McDermott. It's not Brandon Bean. It's number 17. Thank you, Mike Danger, for letting me have my piece. I I love everything that you just said, Gino. I'm trying to find ways that, you know, areas that I can I can push back on, and it's hard for me to come up with, with anything. I think Josh Allen himself, when you talk about, like, he didn't lose them the game yesterday, but he needs to be better. When you look at Cincinnati, their talent is better. Their quarterback is better. Their coaching is better. When you look at Kansas City, their quarterback is better. Their talent is better. Their coaching is better. The Bills aren't there. They're not that team. They're just not there. So there's more than just one thing to point a finger at for anybody that wants to say, fire the offensive coordinator. Okay, sure. Yes, that in the in the heat of the emotion and when you don't score enough points and you, you're angry at the way the game goes, you can say that, you can say fire. They're not firing McDermott. They're not firing Dorsey. This season, this team's talent and this team's coaching isn't good enough. It's just not good enough. Now, not good enough to win the Super Bowl. Is it good enough to get to the postseason? I, I saw a thing this morning while I was uh, while I was watching Get Up and it, just the graphic. I wasn't paying attention, but the, the graphic said 
Is the bill the bill season over? Is the bill season over? Or do the bills need to retool? And I'm like, hmm. Well, the bill season most certainly isn't over after last night's loss. It's not great that you're on the outside. You're farting around now if you're the Buffalo Bills. You, yeah, you, it's not, not great. Yeah. But look at the rest of the division. <laughs> you you have a team in first in Miami that can't beat a winning team. Can't do it. Jets defensively are legit. But I don't think Zach Wilson is going to scare. I think even a depleted and injury riddled Bills defense should be able to handle what the Jets throw at them offensively here in a couple of weeks. Season's not over. Do they need to retool? Well, yes, of course. But you can't do anything about that now. You try to do something at the trade deadline. And I love the team. I love that that we look at the Bills and we're like, we got to do something. We got to do something. It's like, if you're saying that about your team at the trade deadline, it's because you have deficiencies and a lack of talent on your roster. You look at teams right now that are thriving in the AFC. They make... The Chiefs didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. Baltimore, they're like, eh, we're good. We got our guys. We like our guys. We're good. Now, injuries play a, a part in that. And certainly the Bills' defense, is, it's less than ideal when your starting linebacker is out for the majority of the game with a head injury. You lost Matt Milano. You lost Daquan Jones. But again, the talent isn't there. It's next man up, right? It's always next man up. Well, the next man up sucks. The next man up ain't getting it done. The next man up misses a tackle, doesn't know his assignment, doesn't know which gap he's supposed to be. And next man up isn't working because the guys you have for next man up just aren't talented enough. You don't have the kind of depth. We've been sold a lie on the depth of this team. The depth is, oh, we've got great depth. And no, you don't. Not really. Or <laughs> I look at Dalton Kincaid. Yes. Okay. He fumbled. When he fumbled, that was it. It was pretty much the game, right? You realize, okay, they get a score there and there's enough time. It took you a Dalton, excuse me, a Dawson Knox injury to realize, like, this is the way to go here on offense with Dalton Kincaid. Like, some of the next guy up danger, yes. Actually, that is a next guy up that actually is is delivering in that regard. And then, so let's go back to what you said originally, because... I think there are so many agendas at play that go above Josh Allen's head. Mainly when you talk about specifically how they use Josh Allen. Don't run the ball. Don't run. We don't preserve yourself. Preserve yourself. Don't go out there and get yourself killed. Be smart. Play smart. Play smart, right? You saw week one. Play smart. You got to let him play. You just got to let him go. You just got to let him go. And if... Josh Allen has a thing going with Dalton Kincaid, then let him feed Dalton Kincaid. If it's with Diggs, let him let him go. Let him go. Let him be a part, more a part of your planning, your preparation. You're Ken Dorsey, and Ken Dorsey might be more of an alpha than Josh Allen. That needs to change. Josh Allen needs to be the guy that tells Ken Dorsey, this is what we get. And yes. we've seen this, and we've seen this in the NFL with quarterbacks who win. Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels had that kind of relationship. Certainly Peyton Manning was was a general on the field. You're seeing it with Mahomes, the the collaboration with Andy Reid. It's fourth down. I want to go. I want to go right now. I want to go. Andy Reid in the playoffs. Patrick, you shouldn't play. You should I'm playing. Like you couldn't keep Pat, Patrick Mahomes on the sideline against Jacksonville last year when he was hurt. He had to fight with his head coach. You don't see that. 
Right, and we wouldn't have learned about that if it weren't for the quarterback show. So I don't, I'm not asking Josh Allen to get up there in his weekly press conference on Wednesday and point the finger at McDermott and tell him, you know, as much as I would think that would be awesome, you know, not for the complimentary football yeah. stuff. All you need Josh Allen to do is say, this is the way, if I'm going to be the quarterback of this team, put it on my shoulders. That's all. That's what the leaders do. That's what Diggs tried to do. That was back in the spring, okay? But Diggs is not the quarterback. That's not his position. Right. I would uh I would I'm gonna spare you. I've got a lot of postgame sound from Sean McDermott. I've got a lot of postgame sound from Josh Allen. You don't want to hear it because it's the same thing you've heard all season long after the Bills suffer a loss. And I don't want Gene's head to explode if Sean McDermott says complimentary football. So we're we're gonna spare you. Some of the post game sound from today. <laughs> it would be a funny bit like, which loss did this come from? And you just hit the song. Uh, I would say that was Jacksonville. No, actually, it was the Patriot game. Yeah. yeah. I, and look, even even with all of it, there there were some bright spots in in last night's game. I mean, Diggs remained solid. Dalton Kincaid, you take that fumble away, ten catches, eighty one yards. I mean, he's he's going to be special. He's going to be a big part of this offense moving forward. Dane Jackson, out of nowhere, had a really, really good game. I think Mike Tirico is in love with Dane Jackson. And actually, the defense danger where, oh, Josh, what are you throwing that football? You take over in the 22. Bengals came away with nothing. That's right. Now, a lot of that was Cincinnati doing it themselves, but Bills didn't allow anything there, so they picked them up at that point. <laughs> I, I was thinking, my gosh, this is actually the invert hero of the Buccaneer game. The Bills going for two, which I loved. Why would you do that? Well, you do that because you realize statistically you're going to get one of the two, the two point conversions. So if you get the first one, you've just spared yourself overtime. Right. So I mean, it's a great move. Yeah, I love that. And um, I, man, I tell you what, as far as is the play on defense. You know, you're short, obviously. You don't have Matt Milano. You don't have Daquan Jones. We got to see Linval Joseph out there. We got to see Rasul Douglas out there for, for a handful of plays. But you saw a lot of Tyrell Dotson. And when you see a lot of Tyrell Dotson, and when your best player on defense is Dane Jackson, you probably know it's not going to be a great night for the Bills' defense. And that zone defense. And, Gene, we've been watching this, this defense for a generation the Tony Dungy, Tampa two, the variations of it, this zone defense with two high safeties. It's easy to pick apart if you're coached right. If you're Zach Taylor, you tell a no-name tight end, find the soft spot in the zone and sit and he will find you. And you've got, you know, defenders five yards off of you because they're playing the stupid zone. It's not tight. It's loose. Your guys aren't as athletic as they used to be. They're not as fast as they used to be. They can't jump routes the way they used to. Yeah, and, and if you're only sending four, what's happened here in the last month? You're, you're not, not getting, getting to the, the quarterback. quarterback. Right. The pass rush, it's all predicated on that pass rush, and you don't have a pass rush. You don't have it. And, and maybe that was all Daquan Jones, or maybe he was a big, big part of that. But Vaughn Miller don't have it. Greg Rousseau, too inconsistent. Ed Oliver, too inconsistent. They're not getting to the quarterback with consistency. You see flashes of it, bursts of it. A.J. Epineza had some moments this year. Invisible last night. Von Miller. Oh, don't. 
Oh, no. That last play danger. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking at who's on the defensive line. And Mixon bounces the outside. I'm like, well, who had the contain there? <gasps> that was Vaughn? And not only did Vaughn, like, take a dumb bite on it. Okay, he still had a chance to wrap up. <sighs> Sneaking a couple calls. Mike Catalana, uh, back from Cincinnati, will be joining us here in a minute. Uh, patiently waiting. Tim in San Diego. Hey, Tim. Well, guys, you pretty much just nailed everything what I was going to say. But, you know, like I said, you know, going back to Dane Jackson had a heck of a game. Um, but again, here's Gabe Davis disappearing. Um, I, I don't know if that's on him or that's on, you know, the play calling. I don't know at this point. Uh, it's just, they, they, like you said, they have to outscore now. They, their defense is so depleted to the point where it's just like, okay, let's hope we can get a stop, but it's all on the offense. And, I, and like you said, I hope Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, but like they just, there's a, <laughs> there's a mutiny and say, go to Ken Dorsey's like, listen, guys, let's, let's do this. You know? But who knows? I, but also the reality is this team was only seconds away. I'm pointing to the Giants game and the Tampa Bay game from being a three and 16. I mean, that, that amazing how the swing could have been. And going into, you know, next week with the Broncos on Monday night, they're coming off a bye week. They beat the Chiefs the previous week. So there's momentum building, you know, in, in the Denver organization all of a sudden after the uh, horrendous start. And, you know, that game is not going to be easy unless the Bills do make the adjustments to say, okay, we're going to place it on Josh Allen's shoulders. We're going to get James Cook involved more in the passing game. We're going to try and get Gabe Davis, you know, more involved to take some of, you know, the pressure off of Diggs and uh, now um, Dalton Kincaid. And that's just, I mean, it's going to be a tough road. And, you know, if they go nine and eight, I wouldn't be surprised if they go seven and 10, I wouldn't be surprised. So, but I'm always optimistic and, but McDermott doesn't give me that optimism, <laughs> especially Gene. I was, I was off my rock when he said complimentary. <laughs> yeah, I had people tweet at me like, Oh my gosh. And he uh, wanted the, he wanted nothing to do with that. Melissa Stark interview. No, he was nope. just no coach. Does. No, but he's in particular McDermott's all over it. Uh, Tim, always good to have you set the tone on the show. Appreciate you, bud. All right. Take Thanks. care, guys. Thanks. Uh, joining us from Linda. Linda, Linda from Webster. Hey, Linda. How are you? Hello, gentlemen. I want to let you know we are officially farting around. <laughs> We've entered farting around season. Yeah. yeah. We are yeah. farting around. Yeah. And I have a point about Ken Dorsey. Um, you guys have mentioned many times that sometimes when people are offensive, defensive coordinators, they're great at that job. But then when they jump to head coach, it's like, meh. Well, Ken Dorsey was a quarterback's coach. And how many people was he in charge of? Maybe three. Now he's an offensive coordinator and he's in charge of like half a field of players. And that's a very different way to, you have to motivate people differently. You have a group, you got to look at group dynamics, um, having worked one-on-one with students and then teaching a classroom, it is, it is two different things. And maybe, you know, that's a little bit of what's going on is that he can't see like the, like the entire field of offense. I'm just throwing it out there. It's just a very different skill set to go from working with a teeny weeny small group to a larger group. And and that's all I have to say. I only listened to the game on the radio. I couldn't bear to watch it. Hmm. <laughs> and I turned off at the half. I couldn't be depressed. I didn't I couldn't I couldn't go to bed 
being depressed. So anyway, those are my thoughts, and thanks for taking my call. You got it, Linda. Thanks, Linda. Appreciate that. Um, All right, we're going to get to Mike Catalana, 13 Women Sports Director, buffaloplus.com. We'll continue this Bills-Bengals conversation uh, before we start to look ahead to a week from tonight when the Bills will be hosting the Denver Broncos. 13 Women Sports, buffaloplus.com. Mike Catalana next in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. AU D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. The Fan Rochester Sports Update. Entering Week 10, the Buffalo Bills are out of the playoff picture this after the loss in Cincinnati last night. And Coach Sean McDermott on what's next? No, we've got to continue to, to coach and continue to play and play hard and, and um, find ways to win. That's what you do in this league. you got to find ways to win. You know, it starts up front on both sides of the ball, establishing the line of scrimmage. And we got to feed each other, right? And, and, and right now it's it's too inconsistent. Mike Catalana, 13 Wham and Buffalo Plus. He was in Cincinnati. He'll join us next year in the Sports Bar. Week 9 wrapping up tonight. It's the Chargers and the Jets on Monday Night Football. Baseball news today. The Cubs firing David Ross. Craig Council is now their manager. The Mets hire former Yankees bench skipper Carlos Mendoza. Gene Bataglin, the sports leader. The fan, Rochester. Straight up with no chaser. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Just found a way to get into a rhythm. Um, Come out in the opening drive, had some success moving the ball. I also hit a low there and didn't score really to to late in the fourth. We had our opportunities, didn't score before half, um, didn't get six in the first drive of the second half. That's not complimentary football, you know. You get a double dip and, and get the points there and um, give yourself a chance. And, you know, and it's the old cliche in order to win, you got to stop yourself from losing, and we didn't do that tonight. Oh, God, save Josh Allen. It's gotten to Josh Allen, too. It's an epidemic. Complimentary football. We welcome in 13 Wham Sports Director, BuffaloPlus.com, Mike Catalana. Hey, Mike, before we, we assess blame and start mm-hmm. talking about the game, paint a picture for us because it looked unbelievable uh, on Sunday Night Football in Cincinnati. The, the stadium and the stripe out and the whole thing is one thing. But this was, of course, a, a game with some special meaning for DeMar Hamlin. Can you, t- can you walk us through what that atmosphere was like? You know, it was interesting before the game because DeMar was out there doing his warm-ups and he was really embracing the moment. Um, I mean, we knew he wasn't going to play. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Um, and it was kind of cool. I could hear the response, a lot of fans getting to see him. I mean, you know, we know DeMar in Buffalo. They know him as the, you know, the man who had that happen to him on their field. So it was really kind of cool. This was a game that there were 66,000 people in the stands. There was not a ton of Bills fans there. It wasn't that kind of crowd for a road game. You know, the Bills fans travel well, but not as many in Cincinnati. But 
the fans interacting with DeMar. I saw him signing some autographs and talking to fans before the game. And, and then, um, you know, and then we saw him after the game. We were all out on the field. Uh, when I say all, a limited number, six or seven people. And this was right before the buses were leaving. And DeMar was just walking out on the field. Actually, you know, appeared to be near the spot where he went down on the field. And uh, I think he just was a, a quiet moment for him at the end before he left. So I think it was great for him. Uh, the atmosphere for the game there was great last night. I mean, their fans are very into it. And uh, for all of that, but for the DeMar part too, I think it was, I think it was good for him. And, and it kind of, to a point ends this for the team. Now DeMar has been through every stage of this, but that was big for them going back to Cincinnati. Mike Catalana, 13 Wham and Buffalo plus our guest here in the sports bar. Mike, what is loaded question? What's wrong with this bill's offense? I don't, I I don't. Yeah. what, What happened here? Yeah. It's the offense that stinks. They don't have an identity. They don't have confidence in it. And look, I, it's it's not one thing. It's not one person's fault. But somebody's going to take the heat for this and take the blame. And last night, I'm in the press room, the you know, media room, and we're interviewing Josh and interviewing McDermott. And look, I, I don't think I'm reading into it. But when it was done and I mentioned it on the air, I turned to Dan Fates and I said, they're being critical of, of Dorsey in the way that the Bills normally are like McDermott mentioned, you know, why aren't you staying with this pace? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know why that happened. And Alan mentioned on several occasions, the game plan. And look, when you say the game plan, I'm following the game plan. Like I'm just doing my job folks. It's kind of what I took from it. And it wasn't like, I'm going to rip my OC, but it's frustration and things move fast in this league. You know, NFL stands for not for long. Like when things are bad, you have Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs on your team and your offense stinks. Like it's bad right now. Um, something has to change. Either Ken Dorsey's got to change the way he's calling the game or somebody else needs to call the game because honestly, there's no flow. There's no plan. It really doesn't look like it started with it, ended with it. Not sure what happened in between, but there was a lot of a mess. Uh, on the field last night offensively. So, Mike, we we know that Josh Allen kind of put his vote of confidence in when yep. Brian Dayball left, and this was the guy that he wanted, and the Bills, I think, did the right thing in hiring the guy that the quarterback was endorsing. Would the best thing for Josh Allen right now to be to do to be to save Ken Dorsey or to, to turn this around for Ken Dorsey is to to be more vocal, to be more of a guy, uh, more of an alpha, to take a role that we've seen other star quarterbacks take with success, a, a Tom Brady, a, a, a Peyton Manning, even a Patrick Mahomes does it now, where where you just see Josh Allen kind of saying, "No, this has to go through me." Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I don't think it's vocal. Like, you know, it's funny because our guys down on the field a lot of times will say, Josh is vocal on the sidelines. I know everybody sees the eight shots they get a game that, you know, CBS or NBC or ABC shows of him. But Allen is, is pretty animated a lot of times with his teammates. That's not, I don't think that's what you're talking about. No. I think I'm talking about in the offensive room, in the quarterback room. Yes. Like, this is what I need. I think it needs to be, I, I don't think Josh is usually wired that way. I think he's a guy who has been very coachable in his life. I think he respects these guys. But at a certain point, like I don't think you're doing Ken Dorsey any good right. if you're holding back. And I just saw that 
you know, Josh usually, you know, came in that Jets game, took the heat. Well, he played lousy in that game. And I don't think it was planned as much as his execution of it. But since then, he's tried to do what's needed to be done. And it's just not working. Even in the Tampa game, at least I saw a plan, right? And they did this and they went with the quicker pace. But you know what that was, guys? They hadn't done that. And they showed that and they put it on film. And I said right after that game, now I want to see what they do when it's on film and everybody's seen it. And how do they react to what defenses do? And I was not impressed. They started out with it. They go down the field and score a touchdown. I don't know what happened from that point on. I don't know what they were doing. But the offense was not moving. And that comes down to coaching. It really does. These are basically the guys they started the season with. I know Dawson Knox is out, but come on, they're better off with Kincaid and playing, uh, you know, in, in more of 11 personnel anyhow, at least offensively. This is who you signed up with. They're healthy on offense and they're bad on offense, and that shouldn't be the case. Yeah, and look, I can almost forgive the defense knowing that they're missing players, and who knows, they may be missing more at this point, yeah. Mike, but um, can, can you, I mean, 24 points against the Bengals, I think that's kind of realistic there. Yeah. If, you, if you told me before the game, I'm thinking, oh boy, the Bills have a shot to win this game. Yeah, I'm telling you, they scored three in the second half, they got some stops, they kept the team in the game. Look, Bengals made some weird mistakes, too. They were a beatable team last night. They started out really sharp on offense. And McDermott, I got to say, I think it's, I do think it's taken him away from the other parts of the game. And I mean, even maybe a little more attention to the offense because nobody who has coached this defense, Leslie Frazier, really for the whole time, has had to deal with the injuries that McDermott's dealt with. And I'm looking around there last night, and at one point, Hyde's off the field, and uh, both corners are off the field. And you're playing with Rasul Douglas, who just showed up. And at the end, they had Josh Norman in the game. And Von Miller is 30% of what he's been out there. And you, you, know, you don't have Daquan Jones. <laughs> you got Linval Joseph making plays, but he just started. Both linebackers, obviously, should have started with that at that point. You know, no Milano, and then you lose – uh, Bernard. So it's a mess. And they played, I honestly, I would say they played pretty well. Yeah. They gave up plays. It's the Bengals. Like they've got players, but th that's not the issue with this team. You can, you can duct tape it together a little bit on defense and hang in there with a decent offense last night. I think they have a shot, if not beat the Bengals, but the offense was not good. So a lot of the narrative today, especially from the national media, Mike, is that the Bills season is over or that the Bills yeah. need to retool. I mean, we know that there's still a lot of football left to be played. And while they might be on the outside looking in right now, the playoff picture, when you look at the AFC East, there's still a shot that this is at minimum a postseason team. And, and you know, they're, they're not owed anything. And it's not like they can snap their fingers and look like they looked against Miami in any given week season ain't over if you're the Buffalo Bills. You, you've still got some winnable games on this schedule. Well, yeah. I mean, here's the way I look at it. And even Josh brought it up last night. You know, he's looking at the numbers. He's looking at where they are. I think their best shot to be in the playoffs is to win the AFC East. Correct. I think the wild cards just becomes really convoluted and they don't have a great conference record. The one thing they have going for them is that they beat Miami. So you could sweep Miami. That, that would be the thing. You'd have to do that, I think, to win the division unless Miami really fell apart or the Bills somehow got on a big roll. You've got the games 
This week against Denver, you've got the Jets, you've got the Patriots, right? Out of those games, you've got to win them all. I don't see a path when you're not winning those games unless you decide then you're going to beat the Chiefs, Eagles, and Cowboys, right? So I look at those games. You've got to beat Miami head-to-head if you're going to win the division. So then you're left with those other games, which is Dallas at home, at Philly, at Kansas City. You've got to win one of those, right? So you got to beat all the teams you should beat. you got to beat your rival, and then you got to beat a team that's pretty good right now. At least you get Dallas at home. I guess that might be an edge, but um, it's going to take a lot. Right now, I don't – how do you trust them in the moment with the way they're playing offense? I don't think you can trust them to win. But you guys watch. You watch the other game. I'm watching Kansas City and Miami. Talented teams, but flawed. Yeah. <laughs> they're flawed. I mean, Kansas City's offense is not particularly good right now. Miami should have beaten them in the second half. So, and then Miami does their Miami thing. I think the Bills issue is more their record than the idea, could you get it together? Yeah. But they put themselves in a, in a pretty big hole by, you know, the losses to, you know, New England and the Jets really, really have made this, made this uh, uh, daunting, I would say, right now. Mike, uh, I, I want to make this clear to everybody. I'm not comp- saying that the Bills lost because of officiating, but... But, Mike, can we just ask for better officiating instead of, oh, that's that's roughing the passer? Really? That I guess then uh, that wasn't the only one in the NFL yesterday, and I don't know what intentional grounding is anymore in this league. Yeah, so you heard Josh right away. He's like, I've never seen that called. It's the first. I said it out loud in the press box, probably too loud, and there's three Bengals four Bengals, I don't know, staff, I don't think they were coaches. I don't know. They're in the press box. I don't know why they're in the press. And they turn around and look, and I'm like, I've never seen it. I've never seen it called in those circumstances. And, you know, and, you know, that's an absurd use of the rule. I mean, because it did cost the Bills a shot at three points. Does he make the field goal? I don't know, but he's got a chance at it. You get three points there. It could have help I mean, it certainly would have helped them. It could have been a turned around things. I don't know, but it was just an, an absurd call. I mean, it's an option route. And I was not listening to the broadcast, but I heard a clip. Why the networks put referees in the booth or with them that are just going to parrot whatever the rep says and not criticize them if they're wrong. The absurdity to sit there and say, Oh, well, th- this happened and that happened. And then I think, didn't Collinsworth cut him off and say, that's an option route? Like, no, that's not grounded. Yeah, Collinsworth, for what it's worth, and, and I'm not the biggest Collinsworth guy, but he actually did push back a little bit there yeah. and, and try to make a point like, hey, if you watch football, any fan knows what this was. This was not intentional grounding. This was a, the, the receiver yeah. breaking off his route and Josh Allen throwing it where he thought he was going to be. It also showed you Gabe Davis and Josh were not on the same page. Yeah. I don't know what game, game Gabe was at last night or what he was doing, but he was a non-factor in including twice where they had miscommunication, including on the interception. And that just can't happen. And that's when I asked Alan about Gabe Davis, and he said uh, it just was the game plan. It, it, you know, so that didn't that didn't sound very good either. But in terms of the officiating, that the call on the um, on the on the roughing the quarterback on Settle, I mean, he basically tra- drags Burrow onto his own body. Unfortunately for Burrow, he, he hit his head there. By the way, 
oh, it's a big enter- why Why are you not checking on Burrow when he hit his head? Because he hit his head, right? Isn't oh. that why they called why they called that? I think he was fine, but I, that's just and look, the Gabe Davis in the end zone, the face mask call, that was a little more of a bang bang play. It was a face mask, and it was a little early. That was probably that that should or could have been called. That was not as egregious as the other two. I thought the other two were just terrible. We're talking to 13 Whams, Mike Catalana, also Buffalo Plus. So now the Denver Broncos come in, and you know we do yeah. this exercise at the beginning of the year. Okay, this is one where the – Mike, this isn't a layup, correct? No. there's no lay- First of all, there's no layups for the Bills right now with the way they're playing. So it can get that out of everybody's head. You just got to go, and you got to find a way to win the game. Win the game and then move on to the next one. So however you get it done – you mentioned it. Like, we'll find out a little bit more on the injuries. But their defense, I mean, if Bernard's out, I, you know, I mean, look, Tyrell Dodson makes a play and then misses on four more. He's a backup and a special teams guy. Plays hard, doesn't always get in the right spot, you know, overruns plays. Like, that's why he's been a backup in his career. But he's out there, and you got Dorian Williams, who can run all day, but doesn't know what he's doing yet. So... The linebackers that are would be a problem right now. I think right now, health wise, I think Rasul Douglas and Josh Norman would be the starting corners. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see what's with Dane and Benford. I mean, they both went out of the game. Micah Hyde with a stinger. Like you don't know where these guys are right now, and so everything's up in the air. And it looks like Denver, to whatever extent, has gotten some of that figured out. And they've won a couple of games, so they're feeling a little bit better about themselves. So. Yeah, no, there's no, there is no gimmies on the schedule. He is 13 Web Sports Director, BuffaloPlus.com's Mike Catalana, joining us in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia. Mike, what? give us a, a little bit, if you can, look in the crystal ball here. Can the Buffalo Bills get healthier here by the end of the season? Do we know anything about the status of Matt Milano? Do we know anything about the status of Daquan Jones? Is there a timetable? Do you think there's a chance? that those two key pieces of the defense maybe return before season's end? Look, I think there's always a chance. I remember last year when it was Micah Hyde, and it, the thought was Micah's out for the season. He chose to have the surgery, or they chose it, whatever the exact way was. And then all of a sudden, later in the year, you start seeing Micah doing a little bit more practice, and then I think it was Joe Biscaglia from The Athletic started asking about, like, hey, what's the deal with Micah? Then the next thing you know, I mean, Micah's getting close. So – you know, there's a point where they're not going to put a player at risk, but there's a whole process that they go through to rehab. Now, to answer your question, no idea at the moment about either one of those guys. I mean, when you look at the timetables, you know, they've been a little vague about Milano's injuries anyhow. And I know he's been in the facility, but that would be natural that they'd be there. I think you can hold out hope because they haven't definitively said neither guy will come back. They don't really need to do anything roster-wise. They're on the injured list. They could bring them back at a certain point. But, uh, but I think you could – I guess you could hold out hope. I think more importantly for them right now is to, is to get some of these guys back to at least put yourself in a position that if those guys could come back, there's games to come back for because I think at the moment that's the bigger issue. But, um, look, you're going to have to score some points. Right. I mean, if the defense, the defense is fighting and I do think I do think they're they are playing hard. You know, sometimes 
I think people dismiss it a little bit, but you're, you are a shell of what you were last year on that defense right now. And I will say Mike Hyatt is a little, con- I mean, he's, he does seem a step slower. He's been a great player, seems a step slower. I thought Jordan Poyer in this little more of a hybrid role has been, he was flying around. He's, he's looked a lot better the last few weeks, which is encouraging. So at least on that side, you're seeing a little bit there, but man, there's a lot of talent that is not on the field for this team on defense. Yeah, Mike, I remember, like, say, Joe Gibbs is going back a long time ago. One right. player, he, he would, you know, hey, we need this quarterback. Uh, we're going to stash him on IR and, like, yeah. just, you know, use extra. And the NFL caught on to that and, like, okay, they changed the rule where IR meant you were done for the season. Yeah. Ha- have we come full circle here? Because I see the way, I'm sure there are a lot of teams that do this, but how the Buffalo Bills, oh, wait a second, Kyrie Elam, uh, ankle uh, injury, uh, IR. I mean, your thoughts on how the Bills are using the IR here? Yeah, I mean, most of the guys that are on the IR for that. Look, I, I did. They, Elam had been on the injury list a little bit. Did that get played up a little? Maybe. Like, I, I'm not going to worry about it as much. I guess they're keeping him there so because they, they couldn't deal him before the deadline. I mean, I know they'll say they didn't want to, but with the right deal, I think they would have done that. We'll see what happens in the offseason. But for the most part, the guys who are on the IR, uh, like Justin Shorter is on there. I think he could come back. But honestly, I, I, I like teams having big – I like the whole practice squad idea of it. I like that there's seven – this is a brutal game. And if there's ways to keep more guys on your roster, so be it. Um, it and if, if other, other teams are probably doing something similar. But, you know, at least you can use the IR – to keep a closer to a healthier roster and then bring guys back as opposed to, like you said, what it was when it got to the point where the minute you put the guy on IR, his season was over. I never understood why the rule was put in place like that. Like you said, maybe because of the, the misuse of it, but right now, I mean, the rosters are pretty big. There's a lot of players that they can choose from. And, and in a long NFL season, you need all those players. And Mike, in a day where we're assessing a lot of blame, I, I don't think it's all bad news. You have, short of a fumble, Dalton Kincaid kind of emerging here over the course of the last few weeks. And, and Gino and I are laughing that it took a Dawson Knox injury for us to realize what the Bills have in Dalton Kincaid. Talk a little bit about what you've seen out of the rookie. Yeah, look, he's dependable. He's their number two receiver. And I don't, I'm not just doing it on, you know, I, I think he's pretty consistent. The guy has a feel for the game. Um, and he gets to his spots. And by the way, in the game, and I'm not sure how much they showed on the broadcast, he got hurt. He got kicked, I think, in the shin, hurt his leg, tried to get off the field, and then Josh threw him the ball, and he caught it on the sidelines. Like, he made that play. The fumble, look, if you're ever going to forgive a guy for a fumble, he gets flipped over. He's fallen down a great defensive play to knock it loose because if he hits the ground, he's going to be down right there, and the the Bills would have been in good shape. That – that was really an impactful play, unfortunate, but an impactful play against them because they could have gotten themselves back in it earlier. But now nah, this kid's really good. Yes, it, the Knox injury ended up being a plus because they're, they're back playing. And I don't think they have a reason to go back to the two tight end set. I don't think Knox brings enough to your offense to do that. But if you're going to play wide receivers, they have to, they have to do more than they've gotten. But Diggs and Kincaid is a is a good start for pass catchers. It's just another guy. It's another guy you can depend on, and we don't see it. 
from Davis. We don't see it from Sherfield. We don't see it at all from Hardy. Those guys have, I mean, Davis a little bit. Um, Shakir's been okay. I mean, okay. A nice player, you know, to be on the roster, but you need another impact guy and they don't have, look at, look at last night. Look at T Higgins. You know, Jamar Chase was really nowhere for a while. And then the Higgins was making plays. Boyd makes plays. So that's kind of what you need. Mike, uh, what are you, Dan and Jenna, working on? 13 Wham and also Buffalo Plus we can check out this week here. Yeah, we just put up our 10 takeaways from the game. Um, and Dan and I get after it pretty good right after the game. I said uh, at the top of our video, unlike the Bills offense, we are going to do this video with pace the entire way through. <laughs> and we did. And look, I, I, I'm... I think we're we're honest about what we see, um, good and bad, and 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 this is this is a tipping point for this team and this season is what they do over the next few weeks. They got to keep themselves in it. So we address a lot of that. We'll be at practice. They're not practicing until Thursday because of the Monday night game. I don't necessarily think it's a terrible thing for a couple of days because this team is beaten up. Um, but they got to wake up. It's the season's still in front of you. You're five and four. You're not two and seven. Uh, go stand up for yourselves. This is adversity. They've had this before. They've had it a couple years ago and they made a run, got in the playoffs and that team could have gone to the Super Bowl. So I'm not saying that's happening. I'm saying is it's the NFL go win games and then see what happens. And, uh, and that really starts again for them on Monday night, uh, against the, uh, Broncos. Mike, appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoy the rest of your week. Let's do it again soon. All right. Sounds good, fellas. Thanks, Mike. There is 13 Web Sports Director Mike Catalana joining us in the sports bar. I want to take a break and come back and continue the conversation with Alex Brasky from Bill's Digest and the Batavia Daily News. Yeah, as uh, Sean McDermott was due to speak at 4 o'clock, but he's been pushed back to 4.30, so we're changing up on the fly. Um, after Alex, we'll have time for your calls as well at 866-4FAN-866- Four three two six. More next in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 